This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, welcome everyone to part three, Titanic. Um, so we're almost there. We're almost up to the actual Torah connection of the Titanic. But one more point of interest was the um, the participation of a very wealthy philanthropist by the name of Nathan Strauss, or shall we say, the lack thereof. The, uh, it's reported over here, so we're on the second handout sheet. HaYehudi HaMafursam B'Yoyser Shanitza Me'aflog Ha'ya Mar Nathan Strauss. Nathan Strauss was probably... The what? A different guy. Okay. Now, Michtav Bahol Higiyami Berlin Biyom, 25th of April, Amareches Iton Ha'ar. A very uh, bewildered letter arrived from Berlin on the 25th day of April in the newspaper Ha'ar. Shatas Haisal Iton, Shadish Nezaz Vishtoy Tavo. At first, it was reported that Nathan Strauss drowned in the Titanic. But then another letter came, Lochen Hadavar. It wasn't him. Nathan Strauss did not drown. We mentioned it was his brother, Isidor. Ella Achav Isidor. Vuhu Madgish. Gam Mosam Shalela Hu Moura Agomomatsiv. Not that that makes things better. In other words, we're not happy about the fact that uh, Isidor went. But, but uh, thank God it wasn't, it wasn't Nathan. Okay, so let's talk about who are these people. Uh, Nathan Hoya ben Shlusha Laser Strauss. Nathan was the third child of Laser Strauss. He was born in Ottenburg in Germany. Okay, he was born, uh, okay, Bishnas 1854. Higra Hamishmach America. The emigrant in 1854, Chavor Asur, in New York. Then they ultimately reside in New York. Shamikima Isik Livo Kharsina. Iske Hamishmacha Shikshigu. So at first they had a business, it faltered. The Murutza Sazman is Sikhum Odbeskam. However, as time passed, they were very successful in 1888. Nathan Isidore were partners in a Bereshes Chanios Macy's. Okay? Not a Macy's, Sumadiach, but uh, they were uh, partners in Reshes Chanuyas. You know Reshes Chanuyas are? Chain of stores. I'm not sure if you're learning any Torah today, but may you learn some Lashna Kaidesh. Okay. Huve Ishtai Lina, him and his wife Lina, Asku be Nadvanus, Askanus, Yudas, Uchalas. They're very involved in many Jewish philanthropy causes. Okay. So, the amazing thing, we're talking about the beginning of the 20th century, talking about wealthy Jews. Would they have any connection with Israel? Incredibly, Strauss, Bikul Hashem, Baratzel, Bishnas, 1904. Can you imagine someone from America visiting Israel? 1904? Yeah. Tamach, the Rabim. He supported many causes. Him be Yishuv HaYashan, whether it's the he was a very, very uh, generous to many Jewish causes in Eretz Yisrael. Who shall the bigger knows of Mishnah's 1912? 
M. Okay. The city in Israel, yeah. is named after him. Really? Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. So ba- basically, this visit to Israel saved his life. Yeah. We bring in, you know, ex-historians to, to this year. Okay. Oid Paul Bechayetzir, Yudim America. He also was very active with American Jewry. Vikiyen, he was appointed to sit on the Congress HaYehudi HaAmericani. So he sat in the World Jewish Congress uh, for 1920 He planned on traveling with Isidore on the Titanic. After all, you know, that was the trip for the rich and famous. But his trip to Israel extended. Um, it went beyond its anticipation. It saved his life. Um, he, he, he was spared the fate of his brother and sister-in-law. Okay. So Strauss, he came to Israel in the beginning of 1912. In order to donate, in order to support the various settlements in Israel. But Kufuzu, you said as Tachanas Habrius Ha'evris Strauss. He set up some kind of company, the Israeli Health Club. The sh- I don't know, like the, like the New York Health Club, the Strauss Israeli Health Club. Okay. It was a clinic, basically. You know, for the, the swampland there, there were Jews who were affected by malaria and various eye ailments. He was not able to go on the boat as he planned. Now this story became uh, publicized first um, as told over by Harav HaChasar of Chaim David Wilhelm Ish Yushalayim He lived in the old city. What happened? Already before the First World War, the poverty-stricken Jews suffered terrible misfortune. All financial aid was cut off. There was terrible inflation, and all the storehouses were empty, and uh, tragedy was great. Rav Rata, there was a year by the name of Shlomo Rata, Yerushalayim, was one of the precious Jews of Jerusalem. There were so many people that, that all they wanted was one piece of food a day, or even a cup of tea a day. So what did he do? Pasach, the Messiah's Nefesh, based Tavshel. He opened up like something like a soup kitchen in the city, um, near the Iron Gate. Uh, in one of the courtyards near the, the Kaisal HaMaravi. At that exact time, Strauss came to Yushalayim. And uh, among the, the collectors was, was this Rav Shlomo. Rav Shlomo Rata went to Nathan Strauss. And uh, he asked Nathan Strauss for a donation for a soup kitchen. Fine. Strauss did not give him a clear answer. 
So days passed. Halach Marshraus be Sam to Usel Shulayim. He's walking through the court, the alleyways of Yishalayim, and he meets a young man, Chaim David Wilhelm. So Strauss is very uh, friendly to him, and he asks him to to take him to the, the, the soup kitchen. So this, this you know, Yushalmi kid is sort of uh, awestruck. Here you have a man. He's probably very well dressed. He looks like a gentleman. He looks like a wealthy man. Doesn't look like somebody who needs uh, soup from a soup kitchen. And he didn't know what to say. So Strauss asked him again. So this this Wilhelm, Chaim Dov Wilhelm, showed him the way. So the gentleman turns to him and he says, "Come, come with me. Show me where it is. You'll be my escort." So he uh, he followed suit, and they both come to the place. And Chaim David brings him to the uh, entrance. And Strauss doesn't leave him. They both enter hand in hand. And Moshivim Osoliyad Shulchanim Kol Ha'archei Prachi. They take them to the table with all the itinerant guests. And they, they bring him a hot meal. And the warmth of this Meltzar, the warmth of the... Uh, the waiter who brought him the food really appealed to Nathan Strauss. And he, he stood up and he asked for the, the owner of this uh, institution. So Rav Shloyma Rata comes and Strauss says, uh, I like your place. And he donated a substantial son to Shloyma Rata's soup kitchen in Yerushalayim. Okay. So days, weeks pass and Strauss is planning to leave Eretz Yisrael to travel to England to get onto the Titanic together with his brother, Isidore. And he became very ill. He's bedridden, can't move. And he was very uh, upset that he could not get on the trip of a lifetime and uh, only later he realized it saved his life. Okay, so what happened? Where was Strauss at the time of the uh, disaster? He's in Eretz Yisrael. And all the newspapers were reporting that Strauss came to Israel to fulfill his pledges and help out the poverty-stricken Jews. Now, um, despite finding out about this disaster and the loss of the life of his brother and sister-in-law, he did not; his plans were not foiled, and he continued on his uh, philanthropy mission. And sort of in the heels of his uh, being saved, he increased his donations. However, he became very depressed because of this disaster. He became very broken. And until many months after the disaster, when people would come and ask him for money, he would say, this is not really a good time, maybe come back later. I, I, I don't have the peace of mind right now to think about it. Okay, so what happened? So he comes back to America... And Rosham Nathan Strauss Hatzhara. What's Hatzhara? No, He Sadi He Reish He. I guess it means he wrote an article. And he 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 describes the. 
Kiddush Hashem that his brother and sister-in-law made in the eyes of all the Goyim, who basically they gave first priority to others to get onto lifeboats, um, and they themselves were not saved. They, I'm sure they could have used their clout to uh, get a spot. Um, his, the language that he uses is a very moving language. He talks about sort of uh, the brotherhood of mankind, and this is what he writes. And one of the things we'll discuss is, it, did they do the right thing? Is one allowed to give priority to somebody else? After all, we say, your life takes precedence. Well, he writes, Nathan Strauss uh, writes as follows, A cloud of sadness conceals my heart. I can't even talk. When he wrote the Nazis, the I want to articulate the thoughts of my heart. In response to the incredible amount of consolation that we receive from all the world, I see a, a ray of light of consolation from darkness. I'm consoled by the fact that the Jewish people showed the world what self-sacrifice means. Heroism, the avas hadadis. They showed the world what it means to be a hero, what it means uh, mutual love. He says, I always would hear the expression, the Christian love. But I, I always looked for it, not finding that it exists. I figured when I get to Palestine with the, uh, with the gathering of the various religions, there I would see it. I thought I would see the the love of all the religions over the year, but there the hatred is even more dominant. There, the Turkish uh, officers of uh, Islamic belief, they guard and patrol around the cover of Oysayish to separate between the, you know, the Greek Orthodox and between the Catholics. The banner of Christianity is, you know, love thy neighbor, and if anything, they are the, the epitome of internal strife. Okay. In the, he says, the Ason HaTaitanek Kol HaTzar Hisrachis Ba'achva Lamavas Im Yeshna Avshaz Kol HaKayim Achva L'Chayim In the, he says, in the tragedy of Titanic, people showed the brotherhood in death. Do you think maybe people could show brotherhood in life? Why wait till death to learn this lesson? Okay. Um, just as a conclusion, let's, uh, he, he points out the mysterious nefesh that Nathan Trez had for the, the uh, Jews of Yushalayim.
what did he do? Nathan Strauss sold his yacht to be able to uh, give more money to that to the starving Yishlaim, and his wife sold her clothing also to be able to give more tzedakah. Well, in the year 1928, um, there was an earthquake in Eretz Yisrael, and the Strauss family, again, um, sent considerable donations to support uh, Jews in Eretz Yisrael. Marv Rabbi all of this history and all of this seemingly uh, interesting details which is not Limar Atar in and of itself, is all to get us, and the Heksha Mitzvah to get us till this point. And that is to discuss one of the most difficult areas in Halacha, and that is Hilchais Iguna. Because it is well known that um, if a woman loses her husband, and we don't know where he is, we don't know if he's alive, we don't know if he's dead, and the possibility of him being alive really puts her in a very untenable situation. She could remain all by herself, lonely, isolated her whole life. And this is a very difficult Indian of halacha because on the one hand, it's one of the most serious aspects of halacha. Eishasish. You're not dealing with the man. So if the man uh, doesn't know about his wife's whereabouts, okay, so what's he violating if he remarries? He's violating Cherem Rabbeinu Gershon. But on the other hand, if the woman is an Eishasish, Eishasish is from the Chamurais. And more than that, if she has a child, the child will be a Mamzer. So on the one hand, it's one of the strictest areas of Halacha. On the other hand, we find throughout Chazal, Mishum Iguna Hekilu Rabbanon, that uh, because of the sensitivity of the topic, very often the Rabbanon are Mekel. So we have to discuss now is the sugya in Masechta Yivama, Yishtaf Kufchaf Aleph Amid Aleph, and Kufchaf Aleph Amid Beis, the sugya of Mayim She'in Lahem Saif. Water that has no end. We'll, we'll get into this more on um, Friday, Merz Hashem, but typically, if someone is in a situation where you know they die, so you could testify. Um, a woman who has one witness that her husband died is allowed to remarry. Even though normally but if a woman has one aid that her husband is dead, she's allowed to get married. The Gemara says Chazaka Isha Daiku There's a Chazaka that a woman will uh, will do her due diligence and investigate the authenticity of the witness, and she won't get married until she's confident that her husband, in fact, is dead. But the question is, when when we deal with drowning, very hard for somebody to testify that the person died. The only testimony we can have is they were on the boat and the boat sank. So, even if you have a witness, we'll see in the Gemara Nivamas, that a person drowned, that a person went under the water and stayed under the water long enough that they cannot live, the woman is still not allowed to remarry. Why? Because you didn't see that they died. If you see a guy dead like a doorknob, so now you can testify that he died. But just because you see somebody that you feel they've been underwater long enough that they should die, you cannot te- the woman cannot get married. Why? So it depends. If it's mayim sheyesh lahem soif, if the, the water is a finite area, and you see the coast on the other side, and as far as you know, the guy didn't come on the other side of the coast, and he, he stayed there long enough that he would not be able to survive 
Under those circumstances, a woman could remarry. Which means infinite waters that you can't see the horizon on the other end. You can't see the sea coast on the other end. No, we're not dealing... The depth doesn't matter. But if... Well, if you see the guy, if you could see both coasts, and you see the guy didn't go out on the other side, and he stayed there long enough that he can't make it, then you could testify that he's dead. However, Mayim She'in Lohem Saif, in a way it's counterintuitive. If Mayim She'in Lohem Saif, water that has no end, so just like it has no end, you can't see the other end. And since you can't see the other end, you never know. Maybe they came across a board, maybe they came across a piece of wood, and they hung on to it, and they went up the other side, and you don't know about their whereabouts. You see, if the coast is apparent, so you know, you don't see them going up on the other side. But if the coast is not apparent, Mayim she'en lohem soif, loitinase, the woman cannot get remarried. So if a person, if you have a witness, two witnesses, that a person went under in endless water, the woman cannot get remarried. So it would seem that Nebuch, the women, and we said most of the survivors were women, and if their husbands did not get onto a life bar, I mean, in all likelihood, there's how in the world would they have made it? But nevertheless, the Gemara says, But the good news is, the Imnises, if she did marry, she doesn't have to get divorced. Why? Apparently, that means that the Isser to get remarried is only in Why would it only be in Isser Because Roiv would say, there's no way in a million years a husband is alive. But the Rabbanon are for an unlikely scenario, which does not allow her to get married. However, if she does get married, she doesn't have to get divorced. Well, if the husband comes back, they're mamzerim. If the husband doesn't come back, are they mamzerim and Rabbanon? No. Pash does not. Kain can marry Naamana. She can't marry anybody. So Cain can marry now, Mana. No, she can't marry anybody. Yeah, there's no nafkamina between a Cain and Yisrael. So we have this Gemara in Yavamis that says, that Mayim she'en lahem saif loy tinasei ve'im tinasei loy The problem is, so so that makes things a little bit easier. Why? Because that means we're only dealing with an Isra Drabanan. So we're only dealing with an Isra Drabanan it will be much easier to find kulos on Isra Dabana. If it would be an Isra Dairaisa, you can't budget. You can't add kulos to an Isra Dairaisa. If Minha Toira, a woman whose husband drowned in Mayim Shein Lahem Soif, if Midairaisa she can't get married, this, the women who survived Titanic would be stuck forever. If it's only an Isra Dairabanan, then there's what to work with. The problem, though, is there's a Mishnah in Gitin on Dav Chavches. And the Mishnah says, that Svina that got lost on the sea, the Mishnah says, we give the, hus- we give the husband, we give the man, the, chum- the Chumras of being alive and the Chumras of being dead. Which means that if a ship was, uh, I'll read to you the, the exact Lashen, and we'll see this in Mitzvah Hashem more on Friday. The Mishnah in Gitan Dav Chavches says like this, Svina Sha'avda Bayam, 
which means it's a suffolk doiraisa. And the woman not only cannot get married, but even if she does, she would have to get divorced. Because it's an Isidaraisa, because we really suspect the husband is alive. So basically you have a stira between the Mishnah and Gitin, which says that if some if a boat gets lost, the husband is suffolk alive, suffolk dead, midaraisa. And the Gemara in Yavamas that says, Loitinase, she can't get married. Then this says, Loitase. But if she did get married, she could stay because it's only in Esther's Rabbanon. One of the ways to answer the Sira is the way the Rajba learns. And that is, there's a difference between if you see somebody drown and if you see a boat get lost. That if you see someone drown, the Midairaisa, she could get married. She can't get married, and if she did, she could stay that way. Because you saw the person drown. So the likelihood of them being alive is very little, and it's only a, it's a drabodon to get remarried. However, if all you see is a boat go down, you didn't even see them drown, then midairaisa it's a suffix. Even though you know he's on the boat. But if you didn't see him drown, all you saw was the boat go down, but you don't know about his whereabouts, then, Midairaisa, she can't get remarried. Now, the case of the Titanic, be very difficult to have Eidos that the person actually drowned. Probably all you'll have is testimony that the boat went down. If that's all you have, then these women are in a very, very difficult situation because all, in such a case, uh, it would probably be a Isra Dairaisa to get married. So that's what we're going to discuss, Merz Hashem, in the second part of the shir. So that's one way to reconcile the contradictions between the, between the Gemara Yivamas and the Mishnah in Gitin. Or, or, maybe all the Mishnah in Gitin means is that if you see a boat in a terrible storm and you don't know the whereabouts of the boat, then it's a suffix doiraisa whether she could get married. But if you see the boat drown, then that's akin to seeing the person drown, and then in that case it would only be a suffix drabanan. Here are some other things to think about. Maybe all of these chashashos are only back in the day when there's no technology. And if you don't know about someone's whereabouts, they're very possibly alive. But now we live in the age of technology, and if someone would be alive, you would probably hear from them. They would give you a call. They'd send you a telegram. Especially Bizman Azeh. What are the likelihoods of somebody being alive, and we don't know where they are? What, they got, you know, they're on some desert island somewhere? You know? They have no service? They're, they got to a place where, where there's no service? Okay, but now, now it's, you know, so they died, right? But for, to have somebody in a of to be somewhere for an extended period of time, and you don't hear from them, are we worried about that? Are we not worried about that? So these are all uh, factors to take into consideration. And this is one of the main objectives of Paiskim throughout the ages, you know, taking care of uh, agunos, women, especially... Uh, it's one thing if a woman was already married and had a family, but Nebuch, if it's a young girl, a young woman, to remain the rest of her life 
isolated, stranded, without the potential to be able to remarry, that's a very difficult circumstance. So Rabbi Yisai? This comes up with the IDF. Sometimes if they snatch. Okay, good, right. So, But we're specifically talking about under the circumstance of water. Okay? Rabbi Yisai, we'll pick it up Friday, Mr. Hashem. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.